So everybody's trying to figure out how to set up the new 16-team Big 12 when it starts up in 2024, and we've got the answers for you. I've got them at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for joining us as we cover the Big 12. I mean, a year ago we were covering 10 teams. Now we're about to cover 14 teams. I thought next year we'd cover 12 teams, and instead we're going to be covering 16 teams. So we got to grow the staff. How do we grow the staff? You support the show. What does that mean? You subscribe to the show. You hit the like button. You do whatever it takes to help us grow the show because the more we grow the show, the more we can invest in the outlet and the operation, which we have to do with 16 teams coming in next year. Oh, my goodness. My head's spinning already. So as the owner of the outlet, I've got to get this whole thing squared away and figured out. But in the meantime, here is my advice for the Big 12 Here is how the Big 12 can set up a 16-team conference that will make it easy, or I would say as easy as possible for everybody involved to have as little travel as possible, saving money, protecting the student-athletes as much as you can, and then, of course, the coaches and the staff as well. So here's what I would do. I would create four travel pods in a 16-team conference. Now, what that means is they're not divisions. They don't include any standings of their own. You're still going to have, I believe, 1 through 16. I would not have east-west divisions. I wouldn't do anything like that. This would just be for scheduling purposes. It wouldn't be for standings. It would just be for scheduling purposes where you have these four pods set up for 16 teams in the Big 12 Conference. And here's how I would break up the pods. I'd have the west pod which is Utah, BYU, Arizona, and Arizona State. Then I would put on the Southwest pod, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. The Heartland pod, see what I did there? The Heartland pod in the Big 12 would include KU, K-State, Colorado, and Iowa State. And then the Eastern pod would include UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Houston. Now, let me explain myself because I put this up on social media today. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and threads, by the way. And a lot of people lost their mind. Houston fans in particular are not happy with me. And I get it. I understand. But there's no good answer to this. I'm trying to figure out a way to alleviate travel for everybody as much as possible. So here's how I set up these four pods in the Big 12 in 2024. The Western pod, Utah, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State. Well, you got four schools out of two states. Boom. Three former Pac-12 schools. That makes sense. BYU, Utah, natural rivalry there right next door. Okay, we're good. Southwest pod is basically three Southwest Conference teams, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. Well, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, and then add in Oklahoma State, which, of course, you know, Big 12 team forever, um, knows Texas Tech and Baylor from the beginning of the Big 12, and knows TCU for the past 10-plus years. The Heartland pod are all former Big 12 North schools. KU, K-State, Colorado, Iowa State. They all know each other very well, all in the Big 12 North for 15 years. Natural. The East pod is clunky. UCF. West Virginia, Cincinnati, and then I put Houston in there. 
And the reason I put Houston in there is because, well, it is technically, if you look at the map, Eastern, more Eastern than everybody else. And they know UCF and Cincinnati from the AAC days. So you already got a little bit maybe of a rivalry going on there. It makes sense, right? Now, Houston, I saw some Houston fans saying, like, we should have just stayed in the AAC. Be qu- Stop. Stop, Houston fans. I love you guys. I'm glad you're here, but don't do that. You're making like $8 million bucks in the AAC. You're about to make $32 million once you get full membership. And here's how I would set up the schedules. Now, those are the pods. I just gave you the pods of how I would set up the Big 12 Conference, four different pods of four teams. But here is how I would set it up. What I would then do when it comes to scheduling I would suggest that each pod, the pod plays each other every year in football, rotating home and away, and then twice a year in basketball. So the teams in your pod, you will play those other three teams every year. You'll just rotate every other year home and away. And in basketball, you would play those teams in your pod twice a year, once home, once away. So of nine conference football games, three will be against your own pod. And in 18 conference basketball games, six will be against your own pod. One home, one away. That leaves six conference football games. What would I do then? I would have each team rotate playing two teams from the other three pods every year. So let's take BYU as an example. The Cougars would play out of the Eastern pod, Central Florida and West Virginia every other year swapping with Houston and Cincinnati. And that would only mean once every four years, BYU would have to travel to UCF or West Virginia or Houston or Cincinnati for that matter. Only once every four years in football would BYU have to go to UCF and vice versa. So that's how that would work. And then in basketball, what it would do is to fill out the remaining 12 conference games. You could play the other 12 teams in the other three pods once per season. But once again, when you factor in home and away, you're talking about UCF traveling to Arizona State every other year. And if the Big 12 schedules the basketball games so a team like UCF doesn't have to travel to Utah and BYU in the same year, or if they do, it's a Saturday-Monday back-to-back road trip, The schedule is not nearly as complex as a lot of people are making it out to be. So suddenly this works. All this talk about, oh my goodness, the travel is going to be out of control. Well, first off, do you want to make 32 mil a year or not? Or do you want to go to the Pac-12 or back to the Pac-12 if you're Arizona State? Cough, cough, Ray Anderson, the AD. And do you want to be fishing for uh, some kind of future with Cal and Stanford and Oregon State and Washington State? I, you know, we've had a lot, I've had a lot of great um, Arizona State fans reach out to me and reach out to us at the site since you guys joined, and we're happy to have you here, but your own AD really did stick his foot in his mouth. I mean, dude, just be happy you're here. You could be with Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford right now, trying to piece something together, likely to join the Mountain West. Like, don't complain about the travel. I get it. The travel's not ideal. It's not ideal for anybody anymore. If I had my druthers, we would have the conferences from 15 years ago. We'd still have A&M and 
Nebraska and Mizzou, and, you know, it would be the old gang getting back together. That's not the way of the world. So for the Big 12, this has made an enormous amount of success and been an absolutely fantastic couple of weeks for them. But the travel thing that everyone's crying about, yes, it's, it's got some hurdles to it. Sure, it's not going to be as easy as it was. But by the way, the Big 12 is in much better shape than the Big 10. The Big 10 has these four schools out west in Oregon, Washington, and UCLA and USC starting next year. And the closest school for any of them is 1,500 miles away in Nebraska. The Big 12, at least you've kind of got a mishmash from Utah and Arizona across the country as far east as West Virginia and Florida. It's not going from Eugene to East Brunswick. Rutgers, for those of you that don't know. Like, it's not nearly as bad as the Big Ten. The Big Ten, I know no one's going to knock the Big Ten. Everyone's just knocking the Big 12 because that's what they do. But the Big Ten has much bigger scheduling problems than the Big 12. That is indisputable. It's not even up for debate. So that's why everyone's got to chill out with the Big 12 scheduling. And I'll tell you a personal story as well. When I was at um, Big 12 Media Days couple of, what was that, a month ago now? Jeez, over a month ago now at Big 12 Media Days. I was talking to some of the Big 12 guys and the guys that run the conference. Not your Mark, but some of the folks underneath him that run the conference. And I met the guy that works with the company that does the schedules. Football, basketball, the sports, Olympic sports, he does it all. And the way they compute these things into you know systems that spit out through various algorithms conferences that make the most sense or schedules that make the most sense and work. It's amazing. You know, I just put it together here talking to you on the show in a way that I think is pretty simplistic and makes a lot of sense, but just know they have got individuals. They have got companies that are putting together schedules that are beyond any of our wildest dreams in terms of how they compute these things. It's just next level, man. It is next level. And there's no doubt in my mind that the Big 12 is going to be able to figure this whole thing out, and it will be just fine. Okay, you're going to have to sit on the plane for the extra hour. That's life in big-time college sports today. That's just how it is. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. Thanks for joining us here on the show, as always. If you're on the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Same on the podcast. And as always, leave us a rating and a review on the podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com and we'll hook you up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Now is the time to do it. The football season is less than three weeks away. So if you do it now, it helps us build the show in the football season on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you're getting the show. So I know a lot of you haven't done it. I know you're listening right now. You haven't done it. Come on, give me 30 seconds of your time, baby. Before football starts, I would appreciate it. Um, Meantime, I want to touch on this just real fast. In the ACC, so the ACC, if you missed it, on Wednesday night, they were one vote shy of adding Cal and Stanford. And uh, that's not a surprise to me because ultimately it was Notre Dame who was pushing for it. How about that? So Notre Dame has uh, a full vote in the ACC despite the fact that they're not full members. I mean, classic Notre Dame, right? So they're not full members. However, they're sitting there with a full vote in the ACC, and they are the ones pushing. They were the ones who were pushing to try 
to get Cal and Stanford into the conference. And naturally, a certain amount of teams didn't like that. They were not fans of Notre Dame trying to push their way around because the other catch is that Notre Dame apparently was not willing to join the ACC as a full member. So Notre Dame is pushing something, and they have no intentions of joining the conference as a full-time member. If I was any of the schools in the ACC, I, I would tell Notre Dame to pound sand too. So the no votes, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. According to multiple reports, those are the four teams that said no. And in the ACC, you need 12 of 15 votes for expansion. They only got 11 of 15. It doesn't mean expansion's done for the ACC. It just means it's done right now. But good for those four schools because I would also be saying, I'm not doing this because Notre Dame wants it done when Notre Dame is not willing to become a full member. That is completely ridiculous. So uh, credit to those four schools. Now, what's interesting, too, here, this is getting wild. SMU is reportedly willing to forego any league revenue for five to seven years if the ACC adds them. That's about $150 million they're willing to give up over a five-year span if they get the ACC invite. SMU apparently has some big old boosters who are willing to cover the immediate losses because they view this current climate as a now or never situation to get the Mustangs back into big time college football. By the way, imagine having so much dough. God bless America. Imagine having so much dough that you can cut a check for tens of millions of dollars to your alma mater or your favorite college for whatever reason. For them to not take money from ESPN and Fox, to then get them into a bigger and better conference, to then hopefully have that turn in to big-time athletic success. Just imagine, like, imagine that. Imagine having that kind of cash lying around where you're like, yep, you call up the uh, accountant. Hey, wire SMU 50 mil, would you please? Uh, What for, sir? I'm giving them 50 mil because they're going to join the ACC and they're going to make no money doing it but I think it'll pay off in like 15 years. Oh, right away, sir. I'll get on that immediately. Like, <laughs> let's just put it this way. That's a good place to be in life. <laughs> That's a good place to be in life. Sheesh. But you know, as some of you are noting, SMU should just buy some better players in this NIL world. That's a total joke. That's an excellent point. If you're willing to pony up that kind of money to join the ACC, Imagine the kind of players you could get. Okay, fine, you're in a lower conference, but a lower conference, you can still get a team into a 12-team college football playoff. If SMU and its boosters are willing to throw around that kind of money, that's an outstanding point. They should simply just cut those checks to the players. You'll make a playoff in a 12-team playoff. There's no doubt in my mind you'll make a playoff. So... (laughs) But whatever, the egos of these guys, unbelievable. And this is the world, you know, now it's just not under the table. That's the only difference. It is not under the table. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Meantime, uh, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State is still unsure of who his starting quarterback is going to be. At least that's what he's saying publicly. Mike Gundy in the last few days, talking to the media, got a three-horse race at quarterback. Alan Bowman, you know him from Texas Tech and then Michigan. 
Garrett Rangel and uh, Gunnar Gundy, Mike Gundy's son. Bowman um, has the most experience. The other two guys played last year when Spencer Sanders was injured. Now, I'm not going to sit here and assume or say that Mike Gundy doesn't know what he's doing. Mike Gundy played the position. Uh, Mike Gundy knows more about playing quarterback and the quarterback position than I'll learn in three lifetimes. And I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because of his track record, obviously. My gut would be to go with Bowman because I've seen him have success at this level at Texas Tech. But that being said, we never know until we see him play the progress a young player can make from year to year. Look at Will Howard at Kansas State. Will Howard, nobody saw coming. I mean, we watched Will Howard fill in for Skylar Thompson in, what, 20 and 21, and I remember thinking this guy was an FCS quarterback at best. And then last year he comes in for Adrian Martinez, and then he never gives the job back, and he leads the team to a Big 12 title, and now, pound for pound, I believe he's the best quarterback in the Big 12. If I had to win a game today in the Big 12 conference, I'm taking Kansas State's Will Howard. That's the guy I'm going with. And if you told me a year ago, I'd be saying that in August of 2023, I would have said you were nuts. I would have never, or I was drinking too much, one or the other, I would have never thought I'd say that about Will Howard. But here we are. Will Howard has made that kind of progress. So for Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, he may be looking at his two youngsters, Rangel and Gundy, and saying, you know, Bowman's got experience. I know he's a veteran, but dang. These two guys, the ceiling's higher, and they're playing darn good football, and we can make some magic happen with one of these two guys. So I'm willing to let Mike Gundy take his time here and do what he thinks need to be done. Now, he could also he could also be playing this coy. Mike Gundy could also very well know who his quarterback is going to be, and this would not shock me one bit. But, you know, Mike Gundy sees no reason to tell the media anything. Mike Gundy's not exactly chummy with the media in general, and I don't blame him for that. You know, he's a man after all. By the way, his birthday was over the weekend, so he's still a man as far as I know. Um, I don't blame him for feeling that way. He's allowed to feel that way. So uh, he could be just playing this thing close to the vest, and you know what, from there on out, we'll just have to see what happens and roll from there. But we are less than three weeks away from the season starting, and I cannot believe that we're here. But we're here, and we got it rolling, baby. So let's go to some of your comments here and uh, just see what you guys think about what we've been talking about tonight. Uh, Travis writes, Pete, non-revenue sports should do four-team cluster events Friday to Sunday to cut down travel costs. Knock out three conference games in one weekend, then rotate host sites and opponents. I like the idea, Travis. I just don't know if it works for every sport. I don't know enough about how much time off teams typically have for certain sports to know if they can get away with it. Like women's basketball, it's not ideal, but you could do it. I think that does make some sense. Um, but I, I, I'm okay with that idea you know, being run through and seeing where it goes. Also here on YouTube... Uh, Nine conference games, three permanent rivals, alternate the other six every other year, 366 model. Yep, that, that, that works as well. That works as well. 
Uh, Pete, if you were the Mountain West, what would you do to ensure your, you continued to exist? How would you increase exposure, raise the prestige of the conference? That's from Joel. You know, if on the Mountain West, I think it's a pretty easy sales pitch right now to Oregon State and Washington State in particular. Where else are you going? The biggest thing for the Mountain West and for those teams is to not join some kind of mishmash Pac-12. Because here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that they're going to change the format for the college football playoff. They are no longer going to give it to the six highest ranked conference winners with six at-large bids. That's over. Because even if the Pac-12 does exist, it's going to be a glorified Mountain West. And Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, already addressed this recently and talked about it and admitted that he's going to push like crazy to get more at-large bids because he's going to be sitting there and saying the SEC is the best conference in America by a mile and the fact that we're going to be treated the same way as everybody else is a joke. Now, that's not true. The SEC is still going to get preferential treatment. I mean, let's be honest. Of the six at-larges, the SEC will get preferential treatment probably with at least half of those on a yearly basis, if not more. But the SEC and the Big Ten is going to push to drop guaranteed spots in the college football playoff. So the Mountain West teams who are like, we're just going to go to this new Pac-12. The Mountain West has to tell these teams to make sure they don't do it because they shouldn't do it. It would be incredibly dumb to do it because the Pac-12 is not going to have an auto bid to the playoff. I believe when the dust settles, there will not be an automatic bid for a Pac-12, or I guess it was going to be the top, what, six highest-ranked conference champions, which everyone would assume would be the Power Five conference champions, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. I promise you they will change the model for how they do the college football playoff, and once they do that, all bets are off. So the Mountain West has got to realize, hey, if we just stay where we're at, you got a pretty darn good product. It's not a Power Four product. It's not the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, or the SEC, but it's a, it's a good product. The Mountain West should be confident about what they have, and their team should not be enticed by joining, let's be honest, Oregon State and Washington State because Cal and Stanford are one vote away, literally one vote away from joining the ACC. If Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, or NC State flip, then they're going there. So that's what I would say to the Mountain West. That's what I would be thinking about right now. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. Uh, it is great to be with you guys as always. We are less than three weeks away from the season. Let's write. Let's go, Chiefs. You guys seeing the shirt on YouTube. Very good stuff. Thanks as always. Hit that subscribe button. We've got a lot more content coming your way this week. Do not miss it here on the show. And we'll be talking to you soon. Big 12 football is right around the corner. And, hey, as always... Leave that rating and review. We've got the Heartland College Sports Koozies. Please take 30 seconds. Now is the time to do it if you haven't done it yet because the football season's right around the corner and we are going to be picking up steam. So thank you so much. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review. We'll get you a koozie. Send it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Yes, we'll be making new koozies. I got a few of the old school ones left. These are vintage koozies. The new logo will be coming soon. Don't you worry. But these vintage ones are going to be worth something on eBay one day. All right? I'm telling you. Uh, have a great day, guys. Take care. I'm Pete Mundo. And check us out at heartlandcollegesports.com. See you.